How many people uh, have had an Easter egg hunt already at home? Anybody? Oh my gosh. Well, they did in the school the other day, so I just wondered. Is anybody going to do one today with your kids? Ah, okay. Uh, well, I'm going to further that. It's, it's kind of one of the fun things we do, so I'm going to do a little Easter trivia with you this morning, okay? You ready for Easter trivia? <laughs> How many days are there in Lent? 40, okay. There, there's actually extra days from Ash Wednesday to, uh, to Easter, but, it, but the last three days of Triduum aren't part of it, and some say Sunday isn't part of it. It's, it's, it's uh, confusing. How many days are there in Easter? 50 days. So, Lent, Easter, which is the more important season? Just by the number of days. So it's a good thing to notice. I'm going somewhere with this. I want to grab a few nuggets that are in these readings today. Um, <clears throat> how many times does our canon law, the church law, say that you, uses this language, that you must go to confession? Once a year. That's all. Um, how many times then, if you are able to go to communion, must you go to communion? At least once a year. When? Easter. During the Easter season. During the Easter season. Now, this is minimal language. Imagine saying this, that you have to do something at least once a year. That would not be what we recommend. That wouldn't be where the blessing is. But it's the church's way of saying, at the very least, OMG, at the very least. But let's talk about not the very most, but something much more. In the first reading, we get the first nugget today. It's a, it's a beautiful nugget. I want to read it exactly as it was said, because um, it it's falls at the very end of the reading. After talking about the significance of what has just taken place, Peter in the 10th chapter there of the Acts of the Apostles, talks about, don't you know what happened all over Judea? And he begins to unpack the whole meaning of Jesus being hung on a tree, as he put it. And then as it goes to the very end, it says, he commissioned, Jesus commissioned us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness. And here's the nugget that everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins through his name. Everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins through his name. We just say the name of Jesus and, and we experience forgiveness. And it means it. I mean, to dare to say the name Jesus is all ready to open ourselves to Jesus. And, and we, we, we say things very carefully. We, but we say things very carefully. For example, uh, there are things that you can say about someone's mama. You better not. <laughs> Don't you talk about my mama. And, and we, we, we are serious about that. You don't play with mama. When we say the word, the name Jesus, we are opening ourselves 
to the power of Christ in our lives. Do you know that's why we start the Mass this way? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Let us pause and acknowledge our sins. And actually, better, not just our sins, our sinfulness. This condition of sin. The church says that just doing that, in the name of Jesus, forgives sin. Communion forgives sin. This is not me, radical Father Perry, saying this is the teaching of the church. When you receive the body of Christ, you don't think that does something to you? It cleanses, it purifies. The only time, theoretically, that we must go to confession is for serious sin, for grave matter. We go once a year by law because the church says it's an important thing to do to experience Christ as the sacrament of healing, forgiveness, mercy, and love. But just to say the name Jesus forgives sin. What if we really thought that way? That's what the Word of God says. What if we thought that way? That that name is so sacred, it's so powerful, it is healing and forgiving. That's a nugget that we get at this Easter feast. And then we're reminded, you know, um, we are like, like unleavened dough. And, and if with a little bit of yeast, just a little bit of yeast, the dough will rise. The dough will rise. This Easter is a lot of yeast. It is calling us to be an Easter people. And not only do we celebrate for 50 days, the longest special season in the year, the longest one, we also, where is it? We light our Easter Paschal candle. This is the symbol of resurrection. Here it is, the symbol of resurrection. We light it at every baptism, we light it at every con confirmation, and we light it at every funeral. Funeral. It's the symbol of resurrection new and eternal life. Why wouldn't we do it at a funeral? Of course. But we also light it at every single day and every single celebration during the 50-day Easter season. Because we want to implant into our brain and into our eyeballs and into our heart and our soul that Christ is risen, and the reason this is so important, we're told in the Scriptures today, because it's kind of like the blueprint. It's the journey map. This is where we're going. This is both promise and promise fulfilled. And we come to Easter, not just as a big celebration that Jesus rose from the dead, yes, but we, we, we come to Easter because we say, here's the map. Here's what we're doing. Here's who we are. Here's what we become. Now, in that context, and we're going to get a lot of appearance stories during the Easter time, because um, quite frankly, it's, it's, a, it's a little mysterious to me. No, it's a lot mysterious. When you look at the, the appearance stories in the, in the scriptures, people don't recognize Jesus, and, and I don't get it, unless we're saying the mystery is so big and so powerful, there's, there's a little fogginess here. We think we understand it just by saying Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Easy to say. But that is something to sink your teeth into. So Jesus appears and they don't recognize him usually. He has to say things like, come here, touch me, feel my wounds, 
see with your own eyes. He has to eat food in this upper room when he appears through locked doors and windows. How did he get in? The scripture doesn't tell us. Then he says this, give me something to eat. Because what did they think he was? A ghost. But a ghost doesn't eat food without it falling to the floor. Touch me. Give me food. See. Believe. So in this context today, we get this wonderful story from John. And there's so many rich little details in it. But it starts out by saying, Mary and presumably other women went to the tomb the first day of the week, this Sunday morning, Easter morning, uh, to check on the tomb, to lay flowers there, to do the things that we do for our beloved dead. And the stone was rolled back. And, and Mary doesn't even go look in. She just runs back. The women just run back to Peter. They've stolen the body. That's the only explanation. Why would the stone be removed? They've stolen the body of Christ. So John and Peter run to the tomb. Either Peter's out of shape or he's an older man, one or the other. But John gets there first, but he doesn't out of respect go in. He waits for Peter. Let's Peter go in first. And then he follows. And the scripture says this. They, they see the, the uh, wrappings of, from the body rolled up here and there. And it says, John saw and believed. He saw and believed. He needed no explanation. He didn't uh, ask for any. He saw and believed. He apparently knew he was in the place of great mystery, glory and power. Something extraordinary had happened after this death of Jesus. He saw that he was buried there. He saw the stone there in its place. But he saw an empty tomb without the wrappings. And he believed. What did he believe exactly? I don't know. Especially clear because the very next line says they had not yet really understood what the scripture said about his rising from the dead. Now how funny to to put that together, except that maybe that touches the deep humanity of what we are celebrating. You know, after 40, almost five years of priesthood, you know, people ask me all kinds of things. For example, ask me to go bless a home because there's, there's noises and all these things. What is it, Father? I said, I have no idea. I don't know what you're hearing. Yeah, but we, maybe someone died there. Said, maybe. Have they ever hurt you? No. Well, then say hello. <laughs> say, I'm praying for you. Uh, don't worry about it. Why would you go from some experience immediately to fear? Go from some experience immediately to, to doubt? Immediately to, I'm in danger. Why wouldn't you go to, Lord, be with me. Lord, I believe in you. Protect me. Uh, guide and guard this house. Pour out your love and your grace and your spirit. I'm going to say it in the name of Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. Come on in here. Why wouldn't we think that way? We are like unleavened bread, but a little yeast, oh, it goes a long way. A long way. And if we just say the name Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Do we get the power of this feast? This is a time of grace. 
And so for 50 days, the church is going to say, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. And by the way, don't just say hallelujah. Say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We've got to triple it. One, two, three strikes, you're out. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Because we believe that this is the event more than the cross, although the cross was necessary to get here. This is the event of all human history and forever. And what we celebrate most deeply, why just to say the name of Jesus forgives sin, is because we're dealing with something bigger than just humanity. We're, we're dealing with divinity. The divine entered into our humanity and Jesus, the person, he became the Christ. And we are forever changed. So today, as we gather for this great, great, great feast of Easter, let us open ourselves to its power. And during these 50 days, I, I beg you, read the daily scriptures. Go to usccb.org, and there's a little button there to say daily readings. Just click on it, and the readings from the Mass come up every day. And if, I don't know if you know all this. But you, you get the, the passages from Scripture, and then if you go like today, it's um, uh, Acts of the Apostles, uh, chapter 10, that little place where it'll say 10, colon, and then whatever the verse is, just click on it. It opens the Scripture, the actual Bible, to that page. And you can read the footnotes, and you can let the Word of God kind of wash over you and, and fill you and, and, and enlighten you. This Easter season is gift. It is gift, it is gift, and it ends on the 50th day, Pentecost, 50, because the church wants us to be saturated with the grace of this season. So if you could repeat after me, please, just Jesus. Jesus. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus. Jesus. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus. 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 Your sins are forgiven. Do you believe that? Do you believe that that name is so sacred? Just to say it opens us to the power of God's grace, his love, his forgiving and healing love.